0: Welcome to Living Freely Podcast, where our mission is to provide you with down-to-earth topics on mental wellness and realistic tips for living life more balanced and achieving optimal mental health. Living Freely is brought to you by Norfolk Public Libraries in Virginia and hosted by myself, Rachel Ann Dine, licensed professional counselor and passionate about providing you with strategies and up-to-date information on mental health. Join in weekly for a brand new episode of Living Freely, helping you live well and be well one podcast episode at a time. Hi, and welcome back to Living Freely Podcast, season four. I am so happy that you are back here and joining in today. I'm so excited again to be working with Norfolk Public Library, who shares the same mission to spread mental health awareness and make this information accessible to all. And so I am just so grateful to be back and also really excited about this upcoming season. We have a wonderful array of different topics coming up. And today's topic I felt was pretty timely after such a very stressful year. I'm sure that if you're tuning in, you may have felt it there has been so many different changes there have been some very upsetting things that have happened i'm just going to go ahead and put that out there because ignoring that and not talking about it is basically ignoring the big elephant in the room so absolutely if coming here today and listening in you have been feeling that stress maybe an increase in anxiety or depression You are absolutely not alone, and today's episode is certainly going to be talking about increasing positive mental health, creating a sense of happiness in stressful times, and even increasing your own sense of life life satisfaction and tips for resetting and regrouping on that mental and emotional level. I feel like we could all benefit from a little bit of that. But before I get into all of that, this season is going to take us through a couple different topics. I really surveyed last year's most listened to episodes because I very much want to cater to whatever you find most interesting. And so we've got a couple different areas that I'll be really diving in deeply into. The first, some of the first are different types of personalities um, and even personality disorder. So narcissistic personality, borderline personality disorder, examining whether or not you may be introverted, extroverted, or a combination of the two, which is considered an ambivert, understanding what you can do if a friend or family member is struggling with an addiction and how you can help them, and a whole lot of in-between. So I won't give away the whole episode in this first, or the whole season in this first episode, but I did want to give you a quick preview because we're going to be covering some very hard topics, maybe some topics that you have had on your mind but you haven't asked anyone about because I think in the time period that we're living, we are increasingly seeing some of these issues present themselves, whether it's in the media through viewing uh, the personality type of someone being narcissistic, or maybe you know someone like that in your own life, to also seeing the increase in addiction and alcohol and drug abuse. And I can only imagine that if you are a friend or family member trying to navigate Uh, uh, someone that you loves addiction, it is very trying and very stressful. And so I want to give you some tools that you can benefit from and hopefully just increase that peace and that sense of overall control that I want everyone to feel that they have over themselves. We may not be able to control what's happening to us in terms of what's going on in the world, but I want to empower you to focus on what you can control and that's yourself. So that's kind of a nice little Lead in, if you will, nice little segue into our episode for today. And so I'm going to go ahead and just kick it off by going right into some of the strategies for increasing your sense of mental health and wellness. And then I'm going to share what exactly is good mental health and what makes mental health uh, a positive mental health, just like we have our physical health and what is kind of the ideal physical health. There are some indicators for healthy mental health. And so I thought you may be interested, though, to kind of find out first and foremost, how do I even start increasing my mental health? And then we can talk about those markers for what positive mental health even is. In the time period that we're in, this first go-to is probably one of my favorites, and it is one that never goes out of style and I think always needs to be reinforced, especially if you are the kind of person that tries to do it all, tries to kind of keep everything to yourself or handle everything on your own. The first way that you can absolutely increase optimal mental health and wellness is to start to identify and talk about how you are feeling. Now, if you don't necessarily feel like you have a whole lot of support, if you're tuning in and you are the support person for everyone else, this is always a good indication to me that it may be a good time to look into finding a therapist. And so I'll put some resources in the show notes. But right off the bat, I love www.psychologytoday.com because it is a great, great list of area therapists in your local area. You can put your zip code in, screen out health insurance, And see who accepts your insurance plan, what people look like, their biographies, and really get the full scope of maybe who a provider is. But the real point here is that that first way to increase optimal mental health is to talk about the feelings that you're having. Talk about what is stressing you out. And I just throw out the therapy piece of things. Like I said, in case you don't necessarily feel like you have anyone in your life that you can go to, then therapy is always a good option. Now, the other option in terms of talking about your feelings or expressing yourself is this can also be a great time to start to journal. I think about if you have kind of been walking around feeling like something is a little off, you can't put your finger on it, but you just don't feel like yourself. This is where journaling can really come in handy. And, you know, just jotting down on a piece of paper, how am I feeling? What am I anxious about? What am I happy about? What do I feel discouraged by right now in my life? And it's so interesting to me how so many times we are so busy in our lives, and I'm saying we because self-included, and the first thing that we can lose sight of is attending to our own mental health. And part of that is identifying feelings, talking about feelings. And so I know that this isn't necessarily breaking the mold here with a suggestion, but I think it's a good reminder. And so if you have been kind of bottling things up lately, or you already know that this is part of who you are, is to stuff emotions down, then we can use this as a sign to either start journaling maybe think about getting into therapy. Or if you have trusted friends and family member, go to them. Go to them. Express yourself. Express how you're feeling. You are only one person. And we are not meant to do everything alone. We have to reach out for that support. So The next tip, and many of these to me are these basic reminders. They're part of what I refer to as the three pillars of wellness. But I always want you to make sure that you are eating right, you are drinking enough water, and you're getting enough physical exercise. So check in with yourself right now. What is your activity level like? I know that we are in the warmer months where it is nicer outside and the sunshine is out. And have you noticed a little increase in your mood as a result of potentially being more active? Do you feel that maybe you need to increase that activity level? This is where I really encourage you to prioritize yourself, prioritize making time in your life to have that physical exercise to make sure that what you're fueling your body with is healthy and it's going to fuel your tank in the best way possible, so to speak. Now, I'm not asking you to be perfect by any means and give up having that little ice cream on a, on a hot Sunday evening, you know, going out with your, your friends or your loved one. Not at all, but I do encourage you to evaluate what is my activity level like? Do I need to maybe go on a 15-minute walk a couple times a week? Am I getting that in or – you know am i taking time to make my dinner or how am i viewing food even am i am i just even creating time during the day to eat nutritiously so your brain absolutely needs that vital mix of nutrients in order to stay healthy in order to function at your best level and i always think about when stress and anxiety and depression enter the scene Once again, a lot of times the first thing that goes out the window is how we are eating, how we're eating and whether or not we are drinking water. All of those things that we know that we're supposed to be doing but realistically start to not become as important when all of that stress enters the scene. But it is, it does absolutely go into increasing optimal mental health and wellness. So that's exactly why I bring it up. So then when it comes to also drinking and what we're consuming drink-wise, I also want to bring up not only are you drinking enough water, but are you drinking uh, more alcohol? I think sometimes when it does warm up outside, then sometimes more alcohol can be introduced into the scene and we know that alcohol impacts mental health. It just does. It depletes serotonin and dopamine. And sometimes the days after drinking, that's where you may feel a little funky. You may feel a little off. And it's because your body may be trying to recalibrate and get back to its baseline level of dopamine and serotonin and our feel-good chemicals. And so, All of these are just good practices and things to keep in mind to really continue to increase that optimal mental health because when I've noticed when someone is feeling really down and and really negative, sometimes you get kind of lost in it and it's almost that tunnel vision on feeling poorly and feeling, feeling bad. And that's to me part of being human. And so hopefully just by listening into this podcast, you're getting some tangible take items, take item actions that you can partake in just to evaluate where things are in your own life. Okay. So some of the other ways to increase optimal mental health, this next one is one of my favorites and it is to take a break. To remember that you're only one person, it's impossible for you to do it all, it's impossible for you to be perfect even, and it's always okay to take a break. I was just thinking about this the other day and talking to my husband about all of these changes that have happened over the course of the, the past several years, it has been really unbelievable, just the ups and downs, the highs, the lows, I'd say more so the lows really of what we have all been living through. And this is where in addition to taking a break, I cannot encourage you enough to practice self-compassion, which basically means recognizing that you're human, recognizing that you're going to make mistakes, that you may have an off day, and it's okay. It's okay for you to not be performing at 100% all the time and just to evaluate what expectations am I placing on myself? Is somebody else imposing their expectations on me? And I'm I'm just constantly running on this hamster wheel trying to make everybody else happy. When we're, we start to take a break and allow our brains to kind of reflect and think about how things are going in life, this is where you can also start to evaluate people, places, and things that you're entertaining in your world and whether or not these things are helpful for you, whether or not they are harmful. I, this also goes into your, your career. And I do think sometimes people use work as a a way to stay busy and even be a distraction, just like we use all kinds of things. But by taking a break and really going back to the basics of what you enjoy doing, maybe you do like to work out. Maybe you like to play tennis with your friends. Maybe you like to go on long walks. But because you've been so focused on something else lately, you've neglected that, use this as your cue, as your reminder that it's okay to take a break. And in fact, this is when we also can get some mental clarity is when we give ourselves time and that space to feel the emotions, to unplug for a little bit. And I, I when I think about unplugging, I also think about not being on electronics. And uh, I, you know, of course can understand because there, we're always all plugged in. But if you're taking a break, can include being out in nature. It can include taking deep breaths, doing a gentle yoga practice, or going somewhere with your friends, your family all the more better but it's also going to be just as important whether your if your break involves driving to work and taking 5 minutes to reflect on how am i doing what am i doing right in my life what am i what can i learn from what's going on and then this can also be done when you're taking a shower so i'm all about creating realistic ways for you to take a break and just self assess and just reflect on how you, how you're doing and just check in with you so this next tip kind of supports the self assessment that i just encouraged you to do so by checking in with yourself giving yourself that time and space to take a break to really evaluate and be honest with yourself on how you're doing it may lead you to realize that I need to ask for help. And so asking for help is absolutely also vital to increasing optimal mental health. Now, in this past in these past couple of years, not that it's ever really been too much different in that respect, but I do feel like lately the pressure to do more, be more, um, many people are dealing with less resources right now due to job changes or income changes or even family changes, grief. And it's almost as if sometimes we are being to do more. And this is where I want you to recognize when you are starting to reach that point where you need to ask for help, where especially if you're the, the kind of person who takes on thing after thing and is very capable and but sometimes feels buried by how much you're doing. This is also where taking that pause and evaluating your life can be so important to evaluate. Am I doing too much? <laughs> Do I have too much going on right now? It's always okay to recognize if you're getting tired, if you're feeling overwhelmed. In fact, if you're there right now, this means something. This is where paying attention to your feelings very much comes in handy because our feelings can absolutely be that guide to show us that we either need to ask for help or we we need to say no to something. That is infringing upon a boundary or depleting your precious energy. So, if things are getting to be too much for you, you're starting to feel very overwhelmed, or as if you are not performing the same way that you used to, or you can't cope, reach out for help, whether it's family, your friends, a therapist, or even just making time to go to your doctor if physically you have not been feeling well. And and you know, I need to go get a physical, even. Now's the time. Don't neglect that part of your self care because I am 100% of the mindset that everyone is deserving of asking for help, listening to their bodies, and listening to what your needs are, and then trying to take action and carry out and live out what your needs may be. Okay, so the next one would be. I want you to focus on doing something that you're good at. So especially when you're feeling really down, when you're feeling discouraged or just – I keep bringing this up, but just this pat these past couple of years, you may notice that every now and again, you just start to feel really down, and it could be a result of things you've had to go through over the past several years. It could be because you do have a diagnosis of depression, and that depression just kind of comes and goes out of nowhere without any rhyme or reason. And the same with anxiety, or or maybe you know what the trigger is, and you identify that trigger. Either way, a great way to counterbalance some of these negative thoughts of self that may be happening or insecurity is to find and do something that you're actually, that you feel that you're good at. Now, this could be something as simple as knowing that you enjoy and you're not going to mess up taking a walk at a park or you're not going to mess up doing a load of laundry. when I say this, it doesn't have to be something monumental. I think this is where it can get overwhelming for folks when, when you think, gosh, I'm not good at anything. Or maybe you're in that mental headspace where those, those thoughts are kind of lying to you and telling you that you're not good at anything. It can feel overwhelming to try to jump into something completely new. And so reflect. And be very honest with yourself. When you were feeling at a really good place in your life, what were you doing? What did you feel like you were doing very well with? And then let's replicate that. I'm all about finding what works and then replicating it. So what do you love doing? What have you enjoyed doing in the past? Is there an activity that you can just lose yourself in? So kind of get into that flow state where you can totally relax. Ultimately, enjoying yourself, engaging in something that you love is really one of the best ways to reduce and manage stress. It can be hard to to take yourself there, you know, and have that motivation to do something that you feel you're good at, especially when you're not feeling your best. But it is so important to always keep that in mind and potentially lean on those things that you feel that you're good at. Okay, last but not least, before we get into some hallmarkers of what positive mental health looks like, a way that we can get you there is to start to really practice some acceptance, some self-acceptance. Now, I know this one is a little bit loaded. There could probably be an entire podcast episode on self-acceptance, but the short and sweet of it is to essentially own who you are. And with owning who you are, it involves identifying who am I. With stress often comes a person getting away sometimes from who they really are. The same thing can be said with getting involved in an unhealthy relationship, being in a toxic work environment. It is really easy to start to lose sight of who you are and what you want out of your life. And so this is where Journaling, even bullet journaling, one of my favorite take action activities that I like to encourage it really anyone to do is to create that list of who am I? Your personality, what you like, what you dislike, what you feel you're good at, what you know that you could improve upon because we all have something and it's nothing that we need to beat ourselves up about. It's almost something to view objectively and matter-of-factly. We're imperfect. Some of us may be more impatient than others. Some of us may be a little more irritable. We can recognize these things, and once that recognition happens, that's when we can start to really build upon that, learn from ourselves, and work to manage maybe some of those parts of ourselves that we feel need some improvement. So we're all different. We are all different people with different stories, different life experiences, but life Becomes and mental health becomes much healthier when we're able to actually accept our uniqueness than to engage in wishing that you were different or wishing that you were more like somebody else and ultimately feeling good about who you are, feeling good about yourself to me is one of the ultimate self-confidence boosters. And this can also be propelled and increased through even learning new skills, going to new places, reaching out for connection and making new friends that are aligned with who you are, and just having that healthy sense of self-esteem really can be a beautiful coping strategy in and of itself when life takes a turn because life definitely takes those turns, as you know, listening in. Just, again, reflecting on the past several years and all of the twists and turns that have happened. So that self-acceptance is so key. It's so vital. If that feels overwhelming to you. I would always recommend finding a way to identify at the very at the very, you know, slightest, at the very least, identify who are you? If it's been a long time since you've really checked in with yourself on that, let's take it all the way back there and let's just start at the baseline level. What's your personality like? What do you like? What do you dislike? All of those things that I had just shared because from there the foundation can be built. So I love these strategies. I think that being realistic with yourself and implementing one small thing that you do on a daily basis can be major. Even in the respect of reaching out for connection, if you are now a virtual employee, if you are now a stay-at-home parent when pre-pandemic you were out in the workforce, but maybe there's been some job changes, or maybe you've decided to homeschool kids, or you're taking care of an ill family member, and you're their full-time caretaker, or you just find that you don't have as much contact with people. This is where making the effort, to to just try to get out of the house a little bit more. We do live in this world now where we can order anything and everything and have it delivered to the front door, and sometimes even just getting out and going grocery shopping at the grocery store. Like I said, I'm all about things that are just basic and realistic. Sometimes just doing something small, having a conversation with the cashier, and just saying hello to somebody else can also boost your mood. I know it sounds very basic, but in the time period that we're living, I think it's become more and more common for folks to kind of stay at home. And that's wonderful, especially if you are a homebody, but it can also cause some depression and anxiety to creep in. And so just making those efforts to get get out of the house from time to time and connect with others can be vastly healing and important. All right. So after listening to this, hopefully you've gotten a great starting place on tangible things that you can actually start doing to continue to foster that positive sense of mental health. Now let's get into defining what exactly does it mean to have good mental health? A lot can be said about what exactly good mental health is, and I'm going to go ahead and just start this out by sharing kind of the background, the rationale for why it's important to understand what good mental health is, is because mental health ultimately influences so many pieces of who we are. Your mental health at any given time does have a strong influence in how you behave, how you feel, and even how you think about things having an intact and good, strong level of mental health can also affect your very ability to cope with stress, to overcome any challenges that present themselves in your life, to have healthy relationships, and even develop and foster that sense of resilience. Think about in your life when maybe You felt like you were going through some very difficult times, whether you had just had a new baby and you weren't getting any sleep, or you were in just a a negative spot personally where you were really overcome with self-doubt or anxiety. How do you feel like your mental health was at that time? I mean, I feel like it's kind of a no-brainer, but it just goes to show that all these different things can influence our mental health. Our environment can influence mental health, mental wellness. And so strong mental health, this is a very clear distinction, having an intact, healthy level of mental health doesn't mean that you won't have mental health problems. So you can have good mental health but also still be battling and working to manage anxiety and depression and stress. But mental health ultimately refers to the overall presence of positive characteristics and your foundation for how you manage life's issues. So I really, you know, have always enjoyed discussing mental health because well, obviously I'm biased being a therapist, but I find it to be so fascinating and so multi-layered. So I did find a beautiful article, it's a wonderful resource from helpguide.org, building better mental health. I'm going to actually link this in the show notes because I think it would be a great tangible resource, but they have defined overall good mental health. As a sense of contentment, having a zest for living and the ability to laugh and have fun. I would also add maybe not take yourself too seriously because life can become... Really hard if we are constantly judging ourselves or constantly trying to be perfect and don't have that ability to recognize our humanness. So a zest for living and the ability to laugh and have fun, not take yourself too seriously. The ability to deal with stress and bounce back from adversity. Good mental health and people who are mentally healthy have a sense of meaning and purpose in both their activities and their relationships. They have the flexibility to learn new skills and adapt to change. Have a balance between work and play, rest and activity. So healthy work-life balance, 100%. And then also the ability to build and maintain fulfilling relationships. Relationships can make or break mental health. So if you're in a negative or unhealthy romantic relationship, if you ever have been in the past or a toxic relationship with a family member, then just listening in, I'm sure you can attest to how that can really strongly and negatively impact your mental wellness, your sense of self-esteem, your sense of confidence. So when you have that intact, good mental health, I also think that it makes it a whole lot easier to recognize If somebody is treating you less than what you deserve and being able to set those healthy boundaries and build and maintain relationships that feel fulfilling. And then last but not least, people who are mentally healthy have that intact self-confidence and high self-esteem. So, all of these different components really do intertwine. And when it comes to the flexibility to learn new skills and adapt to change, time and time again, and this is one of my favorite bodies of research, has shown that when we are so rigid with our thinking and rigid with how we feel that we're supposed to be and how everyone else is supposed to act it can cause problems and it can make it more difficult to adapt to change. And a lot of times I think it has to do with not having feeling a sense of control over ourselves. And because if you're constantly having these rigid rules for every aspect of your life or everyone else in your life, it really becomes focusing on so many things that are out of your control. And so I do encourage almost that Level of empathy building where putting yourself into other people's shoes, and I feel like this is especially important in this day and age because we are dealing with so many difficult topics and difficult situations, whether it's politically, socially, racially. And so being able to practice that empathy and recognize where another person is coming from. I I just have always seen that it serves a person well. And then, of course, I've got research to back that statement up, that having empathy can greatly enhance relationships. So always, always important. So when we think about good mental health, How do you feel? Even just tuning in today, what are your thoughts on where you are in terms of having these traits that have been most commonly shown to be indicators of good mental health? I think that if you recognize that there are areas for improvement, then there are a couple Things obviously that can be done. So whether it is attending to some of those tips given at the beginning of this episode or working through and recognizing, are there some barriers to why I'm not having good mental health? This can also be very telling. So in some societies, in some family dynamics in some relationships mental health is still not viewed as important and emotions are still not viewed as important or a necessary thing to attend to and they're they're almost seen as less legitimate than physical issues and in they can even be seen as weakness or being your own fault. And that is such false thinking because as I've already shared and whether you know, you may agree or you may not, but I absolutely think mental health is health because it does affect so many of our, the way that we behave, the way that we act, the decisions that we make. And so I definitely think recognizing, is that a barrier? is it a barrier for me to not attend to my mental health because I'm currently in a relationship or in a toxic work environment or have some toxic friendships going on where I'm being told that everything is my fault, that I bring upon my own anxiety and depression and There may be things that could be improved upon to help reduce and manage the anxiety, but hopefully you know what I mean. Are you basically being told that mental health is not a big deal and just to deal with it? So which leads me to another barrier that can sometimes come up is that sometimes people will mistakenly view mental health issues as something that – The person should just know how to deal with, that the person should just know how to snap out of it. And this is also a faulty thinking, and this can be a barrier to focusing on increasing positive mental health if you are constantly told to just snap out of something, because then then it almost makes you feel like something's wrong with you if you can't snap out of it. And that is the one piece about mental health and physical health that always stands out to me. Whereas we can see visually if there is a physical, in some, in many cases, if there's a physical issue, if you break your leg, you're going to have a cast on you. But you can't see mental health. And you may outwardly present as having it all together, but inwardly be greatly struggling with depression or anxiety. And I do think it lends its hand for people to think, well, why don't you just snap out of it? You look fine. And so I just want to validate you right now if you're tuning in that mental health is not something that can just be snapped away or improved upon in one day. And that's why I I am very encouraging for you to be realistic with implementing the strategies discussed at the beginning of this podcast because it does take building in utilizing several different positive practices on a daily basis so that they become your foundation. Okay, one other barrier to just keep in mind when it comes to seeking out optimal mental health is to recognize that sometimes we do live in a culture of wanting everything now and wanting to be have these fast-paced, quick and very simple answers to problems that are actually very complex. And this is uh, something where I do talk about this quite a bit just in my own therapy practice that real change takes time. And to really get to the root cause origin of anxiety or sadness or depression or grief, it often is not just one-dimensional. There It it there is a whole lot that goes into recognizing family dynamics, how family treated you, how family viewed mental health, if there's been any trauma that's occurred over the course of your life, the relationships that you've developed with people. And so increasing optimal mental health is oftentimes not a quick, a quick answer to, you know, it's a very complex, can be a complex, drawn out, drawn out thing where it takes time to increase optimal mental health. So if you're listening, you've been trying new things, not really feeling success with it, I encourage you to, again, be so patient with yourself and understand that getting through hardships and dealing with difficult emotions absolutely takes time. So be very patient with yourself in those moments. I, again, am so happy to be back here for another season of Living Freely podcast. I am so glad to be with Norfolk Public Library and to get this information out there. Like I said, this is going to be a very, I'd say, unique season. I'm very excited about it because we're covering just a ton of different topics. And hopefully there will be a little bit of something for everyone If you have any thoughts, I am going to leave the voicemail option up on future episodes. So you can actually drop a comment if you would like to, or leave a message, or stay anonymous, or ask a question, and that way I can kind of get a feel for where's your head at, and is there a potential topic that you want to listen to? I mean, I do have all my topics planned out and have been working with Sierra of Norfolk Public Library, but I have no doubt that we would be willing to revamp if need be, because ultimately, we're here. Here to talk about things that you want to listen to. And I am just happy to be back. I hope that wherever you are, you're doing well, being well, and as always, take really good care of yourself and live well. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Living Freely podcast today. As always, the information in this episode is not intended to diagnose or treat. It is highly recommended to find a provider in your area or by going to www.psychologytoday.com to find a therapist in your area. If you have enjoyed this episode, please don't hesitate to rate and review our podcast, especially on Apple Podcasts, so that we are able to be seen by more people wanting to get information on mental health and wellness. Thanks so much again for tuning in. We'll look forward to seeing you next week for an all new episode. Be well.